G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is the fourth in our Matter of the Heart series, looking at the life of King David. And it's all about friendship. It focuses on the relationship with Jonathan and David and 1 Samuel chapter 20. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The first reading is from 1 Samuel chapter 20 and it's titled Saul's Growing Fear of David. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath of sorry. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon feast. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stone easel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, Go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here. Then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe and there is no danger. But if I say to you, today to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember, The Lord is witness between you and me forever. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan. He said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now, send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the feast, he did not eat, because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, Hurry, go quickly and don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing about all this, only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together. But David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, 
the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendant and my descendants forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to the town. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Loving Lord God, we thank you for the gift of friendship. We thank you for the people that you put in our lives to encourage us, inspire us and lift us up. And Lord, as we learn about friendship this morning, we pray that you would forge us into better friends for the sake of Jesus Christ, our friend and redeemer. Amen. Well, as we begin this morning, uh, I want to encourage you, well, you've just opened your eyes. I want to encourage you to close your eyes again and think of a really good friend. Think of, just picture them in your mind. Yep, close your eyes and, and have a think about a really, really good friend. All right, open your eyes. What I just saw was a sea of smiles. Your faces lit up. Some of you were concentrating really hard and you were sort of like that. But, <laughs> but for most people, they were just little smiles. And then I saw Barb was, was having a great chuckle because she was thinking of a very good friend. It's amazing how friends lift our spirits. They inspire us and give our life light and hope. Today we're going to be looking at one of the greatest friendship stories in the Bible. It's timely because in our world today, people are craving friendship. In 2018, the Australian Psychological Society published a survey that showed that one in two Australians feel lonely at least one day per week. And one in four Australians feel lonely two to three days per week. Two to three days. We live in a culture that craves connection. And so as we look to the scriptures as a source of wisdom, let's see what God has to say to us today. So the story so far, um, last Sunday we looked at the life of King Saul and how jealousy ruined his life. This Sunday we're going to look at Saul's son, Jonathan, and we'll see how Jonathan's friendship saved lives. We first meet Jonathan back in 1 Samuel 13, before David comes on the scene, before David's anointing by the prophet Samuel, before David kills Goliath or before any of David's amazing conquests. In chapter 13, we see Jonathan was put in charge of a thousand soldiers, one third of King Saul's standing army. He's a prince on the rise. With these troops, Jonathan bravely overcomes Israel's enemies. At one point, all Israel are hiding in caves away from the courageous Philistines. But Jonathan and a friend single-handedly take 20 Philistines on in battle, and they win. This inspires the nation and helps Jonathan's father protect his people and build his kingdom. Jonathan was a brave warrior, a trusted son, but he was also the best friend you could possibly ask for. After David defeated Goliath, there's this beautiful moment of chemistry where Jonathan sees David and the Bible tells us that Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. 
And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. Now, Jonathan was probably five to ten years older than David. He was an established general and the next in line for the throne. David was a nobody from a nobody town called Bethlehem. He was a shepherd. He was a scrawny teenager. But for some reason, these two hit it off. And while Jonathan's father, Saul, became increasingly jealous and paranoid of David, his son grew to love him and protect him. Although Jonathan never became king, God used Jonathan's friendship to save the world. So today we're going to focus on the character of Jonathan and we're going to be looking at what Jonathan can teach us about being a better friend. Today we'll see that friends are gifts. We'll also see that true friends are faithful no matter what and we'll see that good friends make sacrifices and give of themselves for others. So first let's look at how friends are gifts from God. Last week we saw Jonathan's faith and his trust in God led him to defend his friend David in the royal court. When Saul told Jonathan to kill David, he took, Jonathan took a big risk by standing up to his father. Thankfully that time Saul backed down. But David continued to succeed and where Jonathan saw David as a gift, Saul saw him as a curse. So after Saul tries for a third time to turn David into a human shish kebab with his spear, by the way, Saul must have had really bad aim. He, he, misses, he misses David three times and then misses Jonathan. So I don't know. I don't, he, was, he was shooting to kill. He was, he was serious, but he, he had shocking aim. <laughs> so after he's tried to put David on a pole, um, David escapes. This makes Saul angrier, so he sends three sets of soldiers to kill David while he's hiding out with the prophet Samuel. Thankfully, the Spirit of God comes out from the place where Samuel is, and the three sets of soldiers, instead of coming to hurt David, they end up prophesying before the Lord. Saul gets angry by this. This makes him even more um, annoyed, and so he goes by himself to um, kill David. And unfortunately for Saul, again, he gets possessed by the Spirit of God and spends the whole day and the whole night, the Bible tells us, prophesying to God in his underpants. He removes his royal robes and he's totally debased. Now you'd think Saul would, would, would have got the got the point. He would have understood that God was protecting David and that nothing that he could do would hurt him. But Saul doesn't give up. He keeps pursuing David. Jonathan, on the other hand, wants everyone to be friends. Have you, got, have you ever met anyone like that? Someone who um, what, one person hates the other person and everyone's like, oh, let's just be friends. Um, that's Jonathan. He, he, he thinks the best of people and he wants the best for them. And he sees David as a gift from God and he also sees his father as a gift from God. He wants to believe the best in people. And so he meets with David in secret. 
He can't believe that his father would want to hurt David. And so he asked David in verse 4, What do you want me to do for you? Whatever you want, I'll do it. David asked Jonathan to cover for him at the next feast at the royal court. And he asked Jonathan not to hand him over. And Jonathan, at this point, is hurt by the insinuation that David, that he would ever rat David out. This is where we see how much of a gift from God Jonathan is. He promises to protect David and to sound his father out. While God supernaturally protects David against Saul, God also protects him through Jonathan's friendship. Jonathan had every reason and every opportunity to surrender David for his own benefit. While he could have taken the throne from David, he instead chose to give. The name Jonathan literally means gift from God. One of the reasons Jonathan is such a good friend, and one way we can become better friends ourselves, is by seeing people as gifts from God. I must confess that so often and too often I see people as objects to be used to elevate myself or as distractions standing in my way of my own progress. This is a sinful and transactional way of viewing people. We are made for relationship. Even God is in relationship with the Word and the Holy Spirit. God in Trinity is a relationship in itself. God has existed in relationship from the very beginning. God puts people in our lives to protect us, to educate us, to provide for us, sustain us, sharpen us, elevate us, and much, much more. Jesus taught us to love our enemies and pray for those who hurt us, not because he was a masochist, but because he embodied this truth. The people in your life are not tools to be used or hurdles to be overcome. They are gifts from God. Friends, if you ever wonder why you don't have good enough friends, perhaps it's worth taking some time to reflect on yourself. Reflect on the people in your life and how you've been treating them. Think of the people who God has put in your life and how you see them. Sure, you don't need to be chums with everyone under the sun. Sometimes some people can only have a few friends, whereas others have many. But as soon as we see people as gifts from God, all of a sudden we see the friends that God has given us. And this leads us into the second point, that friends are faithful. In the reading we just heard, Jonathan makes a covenant with David. He says, may the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had him reaffirm his oath of love for him because he loved him as himself. David doesn't know who to trust at this point. So Jonathan makes a covenant, an unwavering promise to be faithful. 
Jonathan promises to love and elevate David three times in the Bible. In 1 Samuel 18, here in chapter 20, and also in chapter 23, while David is on the run. Although he could have begged an excuse multiple times and abandoned David, Jonathan promises again and again to be, promi- to be faithful through his word and through his actions. He's not making pinky promises or whispering sweet nothings. He's telling David how he feels and letting David respond. He's faithful by his selflessness. Now, it's at this point that we need to highlight something our world has gotten wrong with friendship. Over the last 20 years, scholars have begun to claim that David's relationship with Jonathan was romantic and physical, that they were lovers. They point to instances where David and Jonathan hug and kiss, and also to a verse after Jonathan dies where David says, your love for me was more wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. Now, while David's love for Jonathan was deep and intense, there's no indication that it was physical. Firstly, the words in Hebrew used to describe David's relationship with Jonathan describe friendship, not courtship. Second, David's comparison of his love for Jonathan has more to do with his unsuccessful marriages than the type of love that he had for Jonathan. Thirdly, both David and Jonathan were deeply faithful to the laws of God in the Old Testament and would never have thought of breaking them. This speculation actually highlights a blind spot we have today. Often we get love so wrong and think that the highest form of love is romantic or physical love. It's as if good friends can never truly love each other without their relationship becoming physical. This isn't true. You don't need to get married to experience deep, loving relationships. Often physical relationships get in the way of friendships rather than making them better. Sadly, this misconception leads men not to be emotionally available to male friends for fear of others misunderstanding their relationships. It also means that women can often feel pressured into committing to physical relationships for fear of losing friends. Friends, we need to rediscover what it is to be faithful friends. For our friendships to be faithful rather than transactional. If we want to become better friends to the people around us, we need to love people for who they are without expecting anything from them. We need to be willing to make a covenant like Jonathan did with David, even if the throne is on the line. We need to promise to be faithful to people around us no matter what. Jonathan makes a promise to David that he will protect him. He'll scope out Saul and then come come back to bring David the news. Now, there's a complex set of signals, uh, but basically Jonathan promises to shoot arrows beside David. Um, If he tells his companion to pick up the arrows beside David, then the coast is clear and everything is all right and David can come out from hiding. But if he shoots the arrows beside him and then tells his servant to go beyond David, then that is a sign that David needs to run. Run for his life. It's a plan that keeps Jonathan's promise to be faithful to David no matter what. It keeps David safe. 
and it puts Jonathan in mortal danger. And this brings us to our final point. Friendship is about giving more than it's about getting. Jonathan goes to his father, who is having a monthly feast, the full moon feast. He covers for David by making an excuse about David being with his family. But before he has a chance to put in a good word, King Saul arcs up. And he says in verse 30, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth. I'm sorry, that's the wrong quote. Yep, sorry. Saul is um, getting really angry and he says, As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. In the crudest language, Saul slags off his own son. Jonathan can't believe his ears. He simply asks what David's crime is, and Saul throws a spear at his own son. In defending David, Saul treats Jonathan as if he were David and tries to end him. With David's future looking grim, Jonathan leaves the party and travels with an awful choice. Be faithful to his father, the king, or be faithful to his friend, David. What Saul says is wrong on so many levels, but he's right about one thing. As long as David is alive, Jonathan will never become king. And Jonathan has to come to terms with that. Will he be faithful to David and ultimately to God? Or will he throw him under the bus? Jonathan chooses to be faithful to his promise and to give up his future, his future of being king. Now the name of the rock where David is hiding is called Ezel, which means departure. Jonathan will have to say goodbye to his friend in order to save him. He shoots the arrows He gives the signal and the servant boy runs home with Jonathan's armor, none the wiser. He doesn't realize that Jonathan has just tipped off the king's rival. In the final verses of chapter 20, we see the depth of the friendship between David and Jonathan. Verse verse 41 says this, After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Keep a note of this because that's going to come... Uh, relevant in in the rest of the series because David does keep this promise. And finally, David says, it says, then David left and Jonathan went back to town. Friends, here we see how much friendship can cost us and yet how priceless it is. 
Jonathan gives up his safety, his relationships, and even his future to care for his friend. It's a matter of the heart. And in leaving his heart open to God, Jonathan is led on this long and painful journey. Jonathan ends up dying in battle alongside his father Saul. But David never forgets Jonathan or his kindness. Jonathan saves David, and in so doing, he saves our Savior's line. Jesus comes from the line of David and becomes a friend of us all by dying on the cross to save us. Do you see how Jonathan actually plays a role in saving the world? Jesus says in John 15, 13, Whoopsie, gone too far. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jonathan puts skin on this statement. He lays down his crown in order that David might rescue his people. Jesus is both David and Jonathan, laying aside his throne in heaven to come down onto earth to rescue us only to be raised back to life through the power of friendship and love. Raised to rule as King of Kings and as Lord of Lords. Jonathan's name will be precious in heaven. The question for us today, friends, is are we willing to follow his example? Are we prepared to play our role in God's amazing story of rescue and redemption? Are we ready to see everyone in our lives as gifts from God? Are we ready to invest in our friendships and be faithful friends? Are we ready to give everything to be friends with Christ? May God refine our hearts so that we might grow as friends. May we follow Jonathan and Jesus down the path of humility, love and friendship. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.